Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. If you're a fan of the show, write us a review and tell your friends about us. And if you donate at thebittersweetlife.net, you'll not only help keep the show going, you'll get a handwritten thank you note in the mail. And we will never forget you. Also, if you want to sponsor the show, contact us through thebittersweetlife.net. And if you're new, welcome. I'm Katie Sewell. This show begins in Rome, right after I quit my job as a senior producer for public radio and moved there. This was totally out of my character. My co-host is Tiffany Parks. She's a writer, author of Midnight in the Piazza, and she's my childhood friend. And she also moved to Rome, but over a decade ago. She flew there with no real plan and managed to stay. Don't be afraid to start way back at the beginning. I promise you'll be entertained. And don't be afraid to start thinking about how you might want your life to be different. We're all on this journey together. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we're strangely talking about punctuality. I know. Why are we talking about punctuality? Yes, it's a topic that never occurred to us to talk about. But recently I put up a question on our Instagram page. If you're not following us on Instagram, you should do so. The Bittersweet Life Podcast. I put it up on our Instagram story. What episode would you like to hear us make? And one of the many suggestions we got back was an episode about punctuality. So we're very promptly going to do this episode. Yes. And as you were listing off the different ideas to me, when you said punctuality, I said, I actually have thoughts about that. <laughs> but first you said, what? I said, what does punctuality have to do with the search for meaning? But you know, maybe it does. <laughs> In some ways it does. Yes. So I'm dying to hear what these strong opinions are about punctuality, Katie. <laughs> well, I know. Well, hopefully this is, everybody's like, I think this is going to be a really boring episode. No, it's not. Just relax. So, <laughs> well, it might be, but we'll find out. So I guess my thoughts about punctuality stem from the fact that I was raised in live radio. And so time to me means so much more than it does to other people, I think. I know how long a minute can feel and I know how short a minute can feel. For instance, a minute feels really, really long when I often fill in, when I'm in Seattle, I fill in as an announcer on the NPR station I used to work on. And a lot of that fill-in announcing is popping on and filling a minute of time before another show starts. Usually that's fine and it can go by really fast. I got to talk about this news and this weather and this thing. And oh my gosh, I'm running out of time and uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. You know, it's got this, <laughs> I'm going to miss the mark because you, you have to hit it dead on. Wow. Otherwise, the pre-programmed stuff is just going to run you over. But there's other times I have to pre-record the overnights, which means every single break that happens from midnight to five in the morning. When you're doing those, you have nothing to talk about. You don't know necessarily what the weather is like outside at the moment. You don't know what the weather might be like the next day. You don't know what's going to happen in the news. You don't know anything. So all you're doing is filling these minutes with blather basically <laughs> and what are you allowed to talk about what do you talk about well you talk about what show's coming up 
I mean, the breaks exist because you have to run underwriting spots. The paid advertisers or advertisements for other shows that are coming up. So that's why they put the breaks in there. It's so that you have a moment. So some of it's filled with pre-recorded material, but then you have to fill in the sides. Okay. The breaks also exist because you have to do a thing in the United States called a legal ID on a radio station. And that is something that the FCC requires every radio station do at least once an hour. And so you're supposed to do it right before the top of the hour. Otherwise you're in violation. And the legal ID is basically like, me saying KUW 94.9 Seattle or whatever it is. Oh, I had no idea that that was required by law. It's required by law. Yeah. I just thought that was a way like the radio station just sort of reminding you what station you're on and sort of plugging <laughs> themselves. <laughs> you would think so. But then why would you care? So for instance, like you're listening to a radio station Let's say your favorite radio station is called The Star. Okay. And it might be important for you to know that The Star is on 88.5. Mm-hmm. But it's not important for you to know that The Star is actually called KQED or something uh-huh. like that. That's its legal name. I could have this wrong, but all of the radio stations west of the Mississippi River, I believe, all start with K. And to the eastern side of the country, they all start with W. That's why in New York, it's WNYC. And in Seattle, it's KUOW. Right. Right. And what does KUOW mean? Well, it starts with a K because it's on the West Coast, but then UOW. University of Washington. The University of Washington owns it. Right. Yeah. But what about in the center of the country? There's only Ks and Ws as far as I know. So where's the split? The Mississippi River? I think so, but I could be wrong about that. I should look that up. I haven't talked to anybody about it for at least a decade. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, all this is to say... So I have to say the legal ID, but then I have to just fill it out. And when you record one minute after another, after another, after another, or heaven forbid, a minute and a half is required when you have nothing to say, that time can feel so long. It can feel like it's just dragging on and on and on. So when it comes to punctuality, though, there is no forgiveness in the live radio industry. If you're not there at the top of the hour when you're supposed to go on, it's the dreaded dead air thing that drives engineers leaping to their feet and running for the studio. Oh, geez. It's within a few seconds, you realize you're in deep trouble. If for some reason the host isn't there or in radio, you don't want to have silence. Of course not. If somebody's just trolling through the stations and there's silence, then they just move on, right? Right. The proverbial radio silence. Exactly. Now, has it ever happened to you that you've been like in the bathroom or, you know, something happened stuck in an elevator? <laughs> have you ever missed your assignment your spot uh no i i don't think i've ever missed it the one good thing that they've started doing or they've actually done for at least as long as i've been announcing is that when it's a break and it's created by a different show it's not my show it's a different show that's a national show they'll put music into that break so if you fall asleep on the job the worst that happens is that the listening audience thinks this is a really long musical interlude. <laughs> Why are they playing so much music with a weird dip at the beginning and the end? But if it's a live show, then yeah, if, if you're not there. One time I did Dead Air on purpose as a demonstration. We were doing an old radio drama and it had three seconds of Dead Air built into it to show the panic that happens when you're dealing in sound. And I had to go tell all of the engineers ahead of time that we were going to do that and at what time we were going to do it because 
Otherwise, they would have all raced into the studio and been like, what's going on? <laughs> did, did we go off the now, air? Did, did any of them think, oh, that's a terrible idea. I don't want to do that. Uh, well, you know, creative control. I don't think that they would have said whether or not they wanted me to do it or not. Okay. I just had to let them know so that they didn't think the transmitter on the hill had gone down or something like that. But when it comes to punctuality, having to be on the clock that close gives you just this relationship with time where it's extremely important. It makes you a little bit more casual around it sometimes. Like I could say we're going on at nine o'clock proper and I can still be wandering around the hallways, finishing up a conversation at 5830, you know, and know inherently how much time I have to go. You know, I still have a minute and a half. I can make it no problem. Because you're just so used to that, that you just have that in your head. When I was doing it daily, I did. Yeah, I could feel it. You know, you can kind of feel the timing. You just get better and better at it and you get more and more casual about it. All of a sudden you're sort of jumping into a chair 30 seconds prior to going on the air. Whereas before you might be sitting there 15 minutes at a time, you know, right. sweating, nervous. <laughs> heart palpitating. I will say that when I do fill in announcing, I often am editing our show. So I have had those moments where I'm deep in the editing of The Bittersweet Life and I'll look up and I'll see the clock and I'll know and I'll just have to jump out of the chair. Like I'll have 15 seconds or something. Oh, jeez. So that's the closest I've come, but I've never missed a break yet. And usually about a minute, minute and a half ahead of time, I get out of my chair and get ready. But anyway, back to punctuality. So the one thing I love about radio people above all other people is that because we all have to deal with this time down to the minute that if you throw a party and you invite radio people to it and the party starts at seven, the party starts at seven. Wow. It is on. Everybody is there. They're walking in the door. There's not all this sort of like, I'm going to casually show up late. No, we're, we're all there at seven. So it's like a true party. It's not like you and one friend hanging out, waiting for all the people who have decided to come fashionably late. Don't you hate that? To show up. But that kind of surprises me. I would kind of think that, you know, if you have to be so punctual in your work life, you might relish the idea of not having to be punctual in your social life. No, because I think it becomes an imperative I actually do think that punctuality in some ways is a sign of respect. It is. It's a huge sign of respect. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. And we have some friends that are really bad at punctuality. Yeah. Really, really bad. Uh, one in particular who and we're so not we going to mention. not to take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> we both know who we're talking about. We know. And, and if she's listening, which she probably isn't. She's not. She knows who we're talking she's about. She's not listening. <laughs> but she's not listening. With this particular friend, and I'll say this because she's not listening, I have actually in the past told her the time wrong so that mm -hmm. she would show up closer to being on time than normal. Yeah. <laughs> this was many, many years ago. Yeah, she's figured you out since then probably. Well, and I think she's gotten better. Has she? She's okay. gotten better about being more punctual. That's good. But I mean, I remember working with a guy, he was some sort of agent, you know, when you hire an agent or a person to help you. And every single time we had to meet, he would show up. 15 minutes late or he would text me and be like I'm on my way I'll be there in about 20 minutes where I, me being this punctual I'd already be there I'd be at the cafe with my coffee or whatever <laughs> great I'll just sit around for 20 minutes and I think that that's pretty rude I know that people get kind of behind and they're not meaning to be rude necessarily but it also sends this message of like my time is more important than your time that's exactly what it sends. Your time is not important. My time is more important than yours. Exactly. And I 
have to admit I've gotten a little bit worse about it since living in Italy. I'm not as punctual as I used to be. I'm still pretty punctual, but I can remember back in the day when I was in the States living in Boston and, you know, didn't have a cell phone. Most of my friends didn't have cell phones. That's the worst. Like today, at least if I'm going to be late, I will try to text someone. If I see, oh shoot, especially when I used to take public transportation a lot, a lot of the times it really wasn't your fault. If the bus took 40 minutes to arrive. So in cases like that, you try to text someone like well in advance of the meeting time so they could maybe leave later at least it's a little bit better. Whereas before, it was like you would show up and you'd be standing around saying, where is this person? Are they going to even come? Yeah. Do they remember? Yeah. Am I going to wait 30 minutes? Am I going to wait 20 minutes? Am I going to wait an hour? I've been in that situation with friends before and it causes a lot of resentment on the part of the person waiting. At least in my case, it does. And I just... It's almost like once they show up, you don't even want to hang out with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. If it's long enough. I've had people make me wait like 40, 45 minutes before with no cell phones. Yes. It's funny that you say that because that's actually why I ended up getting a cell phone. You know me. I'm an old fashioned kind of girl. I still have a record player. I just got rid of my reel to reel player. (laughs) One of your what? My reel to reel player. Reel to reel. My gosh, that's (laughs) crazy. I didn't know that those were around while we were alive. Even They're really heavy. I got rid of it before San Francisco. But I'm an old-fashioned person, so I was a holdout. I know. I remember. But I don't need that. I don't need that expense. I don't have the money for it. And the reason I ended up getting it was because I was so sick of being stuck at my house. Because I'd have so many people who didn't want to commit to a time. And so they would say, well, I'll just call you when I'm on my way. Or I'll just call you when I get there. Yeah, but I don't have a cell phone. Don't call me when you're on your way because then I have to sit at home waiting for you to call me. It's a little bit different than punctuality because punctuality comes when you make a plan. But it was also when the advent of cell phones came about, all of a sudden people were unwilling to make plans. You remember that? Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the punctuality issue as well. It's just people think, well, I'll just text her if I'm running late. Yeah. Or they think they're probably running late too. Right. I've been in the situation where I've been really hurry. Okay. It happened just the other day. And the person who this was might be listening, but it's okay. It's a, it's a friend. It's a close friend. It's a good lesson for them too. Yeah. Long story short is that I was meeting a friend. She had a friend who needed to get a dress altered. And my mother-in-law is a seamstress. And so she was going to be, have her dress altered by my mother-in-law. But, you know, we live a little bit far out and it's difficult to get to if you don't have a car. So I said, listen, I'll pick you guys up at the metro station that's closest to my house on my way home from work and then I'll take you out there. And then we can have coffee after or whatever, make it a social event. And I had told them I was going to be there at four o'clock. My little navigator was telling me, and I was texting my friend, and I was like, okay, my ETA is 401, so I should be there on time, and I'm, I'm following this route, and it's a route that I totally don't know, and I, like, I got turned around at one point, and I texted her, and I was like, looks like I'm going to be there at 404, sorry. I really wanted to be there on time, also because I want to see my son, and see him at the end of the day when I get off of work and I don't like missing that precious time with him and so I'm like rushing 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 speeding to get there on time and I finally get there and I'm meeting her in a slightly different spot than I thought because of the traffic and there's some construction going on so I'm texting her all these messages and every time she replies she's like okay great 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 and I finally like park and I look and it's 402 fantastic and I sent her a text telling her exactly where I am and she's like okay I'll be there in one minute great she's gonna be there in one minute like I kept the car on because I had the air conditioning just sitting there one minute goes by two minutes go by three minutes go by I'm like what's going on 15 minutes later she arrives 
sorry, the Metro took five minutes to come. And I love this friend. If she's listening, she knows I love her and it was fine. But I was seething because here I rushed to get here on time. I'm doing you a favor by like giving you a ride and you're making me wait 15 minutes in the heat. It was like a really hot day. I eventually had to turn my car off because wasting battery or gas or whatever. I was really frustrated and I got to my mother-in-law's really late. And when someone makes you wait, sometimes it causes you to make someone wait. And yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's annoying when you rush to be on time and the other person is late. <laughs> you know, I could have taken my sweet time. It's so true. It's so true. So would you say, though, for your mother-in-law, since she's also waiting, does she have the same attitude about punctuality? No. Do people who are raised in Italy, Italian culture, it's timeliness? Uh... No, she's not punctual at all. In fact, Claudio, my husband, is very punctual. And he will always tell her, he'll do the same thing that you do with our mutual friend. He'll tell her one time when it's actually 15 minutes later. If he has to drive her somewhere, because my mother-in-law does not drive. So occasionally we'll take her, you know, where she has to go. Or if she's accompanying us somewhere, he'll be like, okay, I'm downstairs when we haven't even left our house yet (laughs) to go pick her up. And he's like, well, she takes so long just to get her shoes on and to get her purse. (laughs) And I have a friend who does that as well with her husband. So she's American, her husband is Italian. And I went to visit them in Naples while they were living there briefly. And, you know, she did not have a car there in Naples, which I don't blame her. (laughs) Um, Driving in Naples is even worse than Rome. And we were, you know, doing tourist stuff all around the center. And at the end of the day, he would come and pick us up from the metro station that was closest to their house. And I remember sitting in the metro station, like in the center of Naples, and she texts him, okay, we're here what do you mean we're here? We're still in Naples. We have to get out into the suburbs or whatever. And she's like, oh no, trust me. I always tell him 30 minutes because otherwise we fight about it. I learned that over years of marriage that I just, if I'm going to be there at seven, I tell him I'm going to be there at 6.30 and then he's there at seven and we're both happy. Interesting. (laughs) It's so interesting. What is that? Is it a lack of awareness of time? Is it a lack of time management? You know, I think part of it is the other people in your community. Because if everybody in your community is always late, you are also going to be late because you're going to say to yourself, if I get there on time, I'm going to be waiting. Yeah, nobody's going to be there. I don't want to make excuses for people who are always late, but in Italy, people are always late. It's very, very common for people to be late. It's just not considered as rude, nearly as rude. And you always have your like random person, you know, Claudio or other people that I know who are unusual. But generally in Italy, and I can't speak for other European countries, but generally in Italy, people are late. And the further south you go in Italy, the more late they are. And I'm not talking about just friends meeting each other. I'm talking about like shops opening. You look up the hours of a shop online. Okay, this this shop closes for lunch and then it reopens at 3 p.m. You show there at 3 p.m. and it's closed and they don't show up until 3.40. Or people are coming to work very late. And I'll admit it, like if I am in the car and I hit traffic and I see that I'm going to be 10 minutes late or less, I don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Whereas I don't think that would fly in the States. Yeah, I would probably be stressing it. Yeah. But I think that might be me. I think I'm a little heightened. Yeah. The other day I had to go to an appointment and I'm not a kind of sleep in really late kind of person. I generally wake up pretty early and... I don't know. I must have been absolutely exhausted. I know that all night long I was tossing and turning. So it's sort of that sleep where you're kind of awake a lot of the night. And then I fell into a a dream filled sleep around 7am. And my appointment was at 10. And I woke up at 930. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ouch. I hope I have enough time to get there. And I walked in at 10.01. Wow. Good job. Oh, <laughs> one minute too late, you know. And of course, the woman I was meeting is a person I greatly respect who also is extremely prompt. She was already sitting at the table with her papers out and stuff, you know. And I'm like, oh, I just love this woman. And I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm late. And she's like, no, you're right on time. That's how I know I'm decent at time management because I still ate breakfast and got ready and still managed to get there on time. I just did it all a little faster. Yeah, I think, though, it does show great respect for people when you are on time it doesn't take very much effort to be on time. I mean, if it's a really early thing where you have to get up extra early, that might be considered effort. But if it's like I'm meeting my friend at three, I leave my house at 2.30 instead of 2.45, does that take any effort? No. If you really know that you can't make it, you physically don't have time from when you finish your last appointment, then make the appointment for a different time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just... call them that morning and change it. I was thinking... As we were talking, is it possible that certain people just can't manage their time? And normally I would say no. And I tend to err on the, I don't feel like this person's trying to slight me <laughs> school of thinking. Although punctuality is one of those things that really gets to me. But I was just thinking about this uh, comedian, actually. Do you know the comedian Paula Poundstone? Have you heard that name? Yeah, no, no, I know who that is. I've heard her. Yeah. It's kind of like a little bit. 90s I feel like she was a 90s comic a little bit 90s she still performs now but yeah she's so I went and saw her once and she did such a long set that I felt like I was never gonna get out of there we're talking two and a half three hours she did the last half of the show laying on her back <laughs> in the middle of the stage just talking with a microphone, not even looking at the audience. This is after audience members are trying to escape. They're looking for a moment to, to dart for the doors because she has this totally captive. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she was very funny for a while, but it really did start to feel like she's not going to end. We're going to be stuck here forever. Wow. And when people did try to leave, she would call them out. Hey, you guys sit back down. Oh my gosh. So everybody's in this corralled. Sounds like hell. Yeah, this corralled cattle feeling where you're like, we're never going to get out of here. And she ended this set, remember, laying in the middle of the stage on her back. Bizarre. And she just said, I guess I'm done. And she put the mic down, got up and walked off the stage. I don't even remember if people clapped. Everybody was just so relieved that we were finally going to get to go. So recently I heard an interview with her and another comedian where she was talking about how she has no concept of time, how she cannot measure how long she's been on. And she knows that it's a problem. She said, I could be on for four hours and feel like maybe have I been on for four hours? Have I been on for 20 minutes? I don't even know. So she set up a system with the men in the back, the lighting men, where if she's going on too long, that they should flash her with a flashlight. And then she'll know to wrap it up and get the heck off the stage. She was recounting this. And then she said there was this one show where she gets the flash from the back. And she's like, all right, well, thank you so much for coming out. And she goes off the stage. She finds out after she's gone off the stage that she's only been on for 15 minutes. And the man <laughs> in the back accidentally dropped the flashlight and it went on when it hit the floor. And then he was scrambling around trying to find it. So it looked like it was flashing back oh there. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, but that's what I mean. Like, I have no concept of how long I've been up there. Okay, well, I might be able to explain that. Okay. Please do. I've been doing a little bit of research. In fact, I bought a book about it, which I haven't read yet, into the what they call the flow state. 
you've heard of the flow state, right? No, not specifically. Well, it's getting into the zone or getting into the flow. I mean, lots of people call it different things, but it's actually a scientific state that people have been studying now for a number of years. And the guy who really studies it is this Hungarian psychologist who has the most beautiful name that I just love saying. Let's see if I can say it. Mikhai Sintchik Mihai. Ooh, that's nice. I know. Isn't that a great name? So this guy studies this. And what he found was when you are in this state, which is most commonly referred to as flow, which can be a creative state, but it doesn't have to be. It's just a state where you have almost no distraction and you are completely focused on what you're doing. So it might be that you're just putting numbers into a spreadsheet, but it also might be that you're writing the next great American novel, or it might be that you're playing a basketball game, or it might be that you're singing an opera, or it might be that you're doing your comic routine. So lots of different people from different walks of earth get into it. And actually they say that most people, regular people, have been in flow at least a few times in their life. But some people learn how to really access it. Uh, Like the great athletes and the great performers and the great creative people can access this state by doing a number of things. And what happens when you're in this state, one of the many things that happens is that your pre, I think it's called the prefrontal lobe. It's the front part of your brain where like all of your, you know, where you have your, Okay, I don't know anything about the brain, so don't, so please don't <laughs> for, like, forgive. I'm not a brain scientist. So forgive me for not being able to articulate this well. But the the I want to say the prefrontal lobe is where is it's the part of the brain that's not mature until you're 25, and it's the thing that tells you not to eat 25 cookies even though they taste good, and it's the thing that tells you to get up for work. It's basically your the responsible part of your brain, and the part that thinks about the future. And it's like, oh shoot, if I do this, I'm going to feel bad later. Or if I do this, I'm going to lose my job or whatever. That part of your brain turns off. And also the other thing that turns off is sort of your awareness of the world around you. So you cannot tell if you're hot or cold. You cannot tell if you have to go to the bathroom or if you're hungry. And you cannot tell how much time is passing. That's the main thing. Time either slows down or it speeds up. It can do either. But you really have no idea. And I know this has happened to you. It's happened to me not as often as I would like to, but you know, occasionally you'll be working on something and all of a sudden you'll look at the clock and you'll actually it happened to me at work the other day because I leave work at 3.30 in the afternoon and I was working on something and I was really focused on it and I was really just, there was nobody else in my office. And so I had like great concentration. I looked at the clock and it was four. I hadn't noticed that an extra half an hour had gone by. That, I'm guessing, is what's happening to her. She probably, when she's at the dentist, can tell how much time is going by. But when she's performing, she gets into the flow state. And most people who are doing that kind of work, you can't be good at that kind of work unless you do get into that state to a certain extent. And also, you you, you detach from your ego when you're in the flow state. So I would guess that's what it is. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, under that argument, that would mean that our unpunctual friend no. who isn't a creative type gets into the flow state. I don't think so. That doesn't that doesn't correlate because, I mean, if she were working on her book, oh, I'm just totally giving away who it is. Which she often is. Which she often is. But if she were working on her book and she were lost in the creative process and you were downstairs knocking on the door and she couldn't hear it, okay, yes, maybe she's in the flow state. 
But if you have plans to have coffee and she's just, you know, it's a different thing. Mm. But I will, I will say that there are people who have different personalities. And for some people, they're, they're just more precise. It's not just about being punctual. It's about being precise. Mm-hmm. Some people are more precise than others. But I think when it comes to punctuality, it's, it's not just about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to, even if you're not naturally precise, you need to try. Yes. Because you don't want to disrespect the person yeah. that you're going to see. When you talk about the flow, it's interesting because the, the times that I get into that the most are probably with writing. Do you find that to be true? Yes. Too? Mm-hmm. It's writing projects. And I guess if I'm doing like really technical or super artistic editing, audio editing, maybe that's the case. But it's so different to work in the medium of radio that's so tied to time. It is. You can get lost in a conversation, but you can't forget that the minutes are counting down and you only have three minutes left of airtime. No. Whether or not you're enjoying this great conversation with Paula Poundstone on the air, you still know you got to figure out how to cut it off in the next three minutes. So basically what you're saying is radio as a medium hinders (laughs) accessing the flow state. That's too bad. Well, maybe this is why people are going total podcasting now because then it doesn't hinder the flow state because... Really, podcasters can talk for 14 hours at you if you if you're willing to listen. Yeah, so true. But I still keep our show kind of. I don't keep it to a precise time, but I do keep it limited. Well, it's because you're a good producer. Ah, oh, thanks. Hmm. So, what did we learn here today? Thank you for making the random random suggestion that we talk about punctuality. Yeah, it was interesting. It was something new. If you know who you are, and because it was on an Instagram story, we've lost track of who you were. But if you are listening and you know who you are, maybe write us and tell us why you suggested punctuality. Mm-hmm. Were you sitting at a cafe being annoyed that your friend <laughs> was not there yet or what? Or is there some other aspect of it that we didn't touch on that you were thinking related to the expat or the desire to live abroad experience? Do let me know. I would be curious. Yes, we'd love to hear. Yes, you can email us at bittersweetlife at mail.com or through our contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or since you follow us on Instagram, you can just write us there. Yes. And I actually love the idea of these shout outs for topics. So maybe we'll do it again. Yes, we'll keep doing that. So be sure to follow us on Instagram if you're not already the Bittersweet Life podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter as well. And remember, we're trying to get to our goal of $1,000 a month on Patreon. And there's a whole bunch of great thank you gifts there. I just sent out 15 wow handwritten letters wow two days ago full of these awesome little bittersweet life vinyl stickers that i love so much to 15 people who jumped on patreon at the five dollar level it's not listed there that you get a handwritten thank you note along with that but you do and it's fun to get mail and it's fun to get stickers and you also get to hear the super secret truth or dare episode but we are, what, about 25% of the way there? Yeah, a little over 25%. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody who jumped on, including yeah. your mom and my mom. Yes. Thank you, moms. Thanks, moms. <laughs> if you love the show, don't let our moms be the only ones that are regular backers. <laughs> Become a regular backer yourself on Patreon and check out all those cool uh, different levels and thank you gifts there and help us reach our goal of $1,000 a month so that we can pay all our bills and actually get to go out for dinner once in a while because we make this show. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. So patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. There's a link in the show notes. Don't delay. And until next time, this is the bittersweet life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again and please be on time Thursday. The next time we'll be showing up. 
Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Lori Lee Elliott for her help managing the bittersweet life on YouTube and to Sarah Johnson for her consultation. Our logo is made by Jody Rick at the Lost Laboratory with painting assistance by our muse, Caravaggio. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for the Bittersweet Life Podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. That way we're here for you every week, both on Monday and now on Thursday. And if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we'll be grateful for you. Send us your topic ideas, questions, and voice memos. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or at the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>